Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the ACC's kickoff event in Charlotte, North Carolina. UVA's Bronco Mendenhall will be stopping at our table momentarily. Later this hour, Mac is back in Chapel Hill. Mac Brown, the new coach of the Tar Heels, but the old coach of the Tar Heels. Coach Brown will be with us in about 30 minutes. Bronco Mendenhall will join us shortly. I gave you that British Open update. Rory has had a horrible day. John Rahm is having a great day. Webb Simpson had a very good day, three under par. Sergio Garcia, three under par. So it is an interesting leaderboard as plenty of guys are still out there in round number one. We'll keep you up to date with that and maybe give you another update from Northern Ireland between now and the end of today's program. It's Coastal Chaos Day. It's the possibility of perfect parity. One of the things we're going to chat with Bronco Mendenhall about as he's clearly turned around that program. For those who forget, Coach Mendenhall is the former head coach at BYU. And one of the reasons that on our show and in the ACC Sports Journal and at accsports.com, we advised UVA fans not to panic when he went 2-10 and ten in his first year with the Cavaliers. I mean, that hurts. That's not just a poor season. That's a face plant, right? But that was his first year. This is the same guy who spent 11 seasons as the head coach at Brigham Young University. That's a proud football program. In those 11 years, he won 99 games and went to 11 consecutive bowls. 11 for 11. There was no face plant. I mean, he had double-digit win seasons. Five, four years in a row, he had 10 or 11 wins while with BYU. So when you do something like that at a school like that for 11 years, the guy knows what he's doing. So I didn't know it was going to be year two he would break through and get to a bowl game. I didn't know it would be year three that he'd win eight games, including a bowl game. But I knew that that was the trend upward, and it was only a matter of time. Well, sure enough, here he is entering year four, and in a division where there is no super heavyweight, is it Miami? Do you believe in Virginia Tech? Do you believe in Duke? Carolina in year one with a new coach, Mac Brown. Georgia Tech in year one with a new coach, Jeff Collins. I don't roll my eyes when people describe the Virginia Cavaliers in football as a contender to make it to the championship game of the ACC. I have not felt that way about UVA in football, to be candid, since George Welsh was roaming the sidelines. But I feel that way when it involves our next guest. He's always been fun with us on life and sports and football. Bronco Mendenhall of the Cavaliers. Welcome back. How are you? Hey, good to be back. Uh, it's great to see you. You're looking great, all decked out in your <laughs> Tony Bennett-style national wow. championship colors. There right? we go. Has the confetti stopped falling in Charlottesville yet? I actually kept a piece of confetti from that game. It's on my desk, uh, just as a reminder. So it's not with me today, but it is back home. Well, I don't. We don't see you face to face very often, but Tony has become one of the really great friends of oh, our program, cool. personally and professionally. So uh, we, we had a front row seat for his ride over mm. this last decade or so. One question that we're asking all 14 coaches before we dive into okay. more UVA-specific stuff. In the last 12 months since we saw you eye to eye, is there a book, a movie, a trip, or other life experience where the meaningfulness that you took out of it is something that you would be willing to share with our statewide audience here in North Carolina. Certainly, I'll give you one of each as I'm an wow. avid reader. Wow. And so I have a book and an experience. Why doesn't this surprise me? So uh, a book that I just finished uh, that I absolutely loved and a principle that I adhere to is a book that's called The Obstacle is the Way. Um, you can trace its origins back to uh, Marcus Aurelius and Stoic philosophy. 
but it's just simply this idea that actually adversity and opposition in all things is our friend. It helps us become aware of our weaknesses, it heightens our preparation for the future, and it builds human capacity. And so really, in essence, the harder something is, the better it is, and the more it becomes a lifestyle and a preparatory way to become a better version of yourself. So the obstacle is the way is the book, so that's my endorsement all there. Right. And then my boys and I just got back uh, from a, a backcountry trip in the Wind Rivers in Wyoming, about 60 miles um, with backpacks and uh, with some other relatives of ours and again doing hard things and doing hard things together. It's amazing the bonds that they form and so um, it's in a short amount of time if you're really looking to forge relationships just simply by taking on something difficult with other people in an intimate setting it's amazing how that can accelerate and promote um, relationships at a level that wouldn't happen if you're only in comfort and ease. And so, yeah, uh, day by day, cold, hiking, snow, lake to lake fishing, um, without any chance of cell phone or any type of uh, technical, um, what I'll call interference, it was amazing to, to connect in a manner. And so what I would encourage the listeners to do is go to some place where it's impossible to get any kind of connection um, through uh, technology and then put yourself in a setting with people you love and doing something challenging and see what happens in terms of the bonds they form. Bronco Mendenhall is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Coach, I've been at this for 32 years, and I am being genuine and sincere <laughs> when I say this. Your answers are some of the best that I've gotten in 32 <laughs> years. I, I have to know this, and I hope you do laugh with me one more time. <laughs> do you do dumb stuff? Like, do you like stripes and Animal House and Caddyshack? Like, you might have the highest IQ in the history of college football coaches. Do, do you do dumb stuff? So, so it's one of my wife's pet peeves is that <laughs> I, I don't think she thinks that I, I watch dumb stuff and laugh simply enough. Like, it takes, like, some kind of depth, you know, to trigger any kind of response. And so... I do dumb stuff, uh, <laughs> I, um, but not intentionally. <laughs> do, do you like, for example, any Adam Sandler movies, which would be a very primitive sort of caveman approach to comedy, right? You know, I, I really don't. Um, not, not surprising. <laughs> but but I do like uh, the Far Side comics. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that that's uh, I don't even know if that fits in the same category, but that's that's. I see I, where you're going. That's kind of Broncos <laughs> walk on the wild side. I, I don't know. Right yeah. with, the, with the Far Side, I, I appreciate you uh, having some fun along those lines. You just strike me differently than most of the football coaches that I have ever interviewed. Uh, before we get to your team specifically, one of the 2019 wrinkles here at ACC kickoff is the ACC network. Yeah. So the August 22nd launch, you are not a university president or an athletic director, but money matters trickled down yeah. to you at some point. From the job description of a football coach, how does the arrival, it's no longer an idea, right? The arrival next month or even the long-term promise of this network impact you as a head coach? I, I'm glad you asked. Um, so just to give you a, a philosophical basis, which won't surprise you, I love amateur sport. I love the value of education. I love learning for the sake of learning, and I don't think there's a value you can place on that. I'm against any kind of additional monies. Um, I think education itself is is priceless. And so the chance to to get an education and then learn life lessons through football to me is the ideal for college football. Having said that, now let's get to reality. Right. Reality is, is college football is an entertainment uh, product. Each university is a brand. Money does matter. 
Uh, yeah. And that is the world that we're in. The ACC network, what that does is allows us exposure, builds a brand, increases finances and revenues, which generates the business model which college athletics operates in. And so that allows us to be a more prolific player in the Power Five athletic world uh, than we could have been without the network. I wrote an article recently for theathletic.com and my website, accsports.com, where I talked about money and, and the check per school going to the Big Ten in the most recently available tax year was $54 million. The check for ACC schools was on average about $29 million. I've been at this for 32 years. The ACC was first most of the years I've covered it. In some years, it's fallen to fifth. With that backdrop, the ACC is still winning exactly. in a lot of stuff. Have you felt a financial gap, or, or, or do you feel competitively you're on a mostly level playing field, and with the ACC network maybe shortening the financial gap, you feel good about the direction of all this what, stuff? What I feel good about is that we have a national champion, and we have a conference that has that is strong in terms of depth from top to bottom. I see a conference that and universities that have added coaches and emphasis, at least in football, to make sure football is strong. And I would say arguably it's been one or two the past couple of years yeah. in the world of Power Five. What is noticeable to me though, as a newcomer, relative newcomer to the ACC, is the stadiums aren't full, and I'm talking pr collectively, and the facilities in general are not the jaw-dropping facilities that you see around the country in terms of money that has been spent on those facilities. And I would say that there's a stronger adherence to this idea of academics really do matter in the ACC. That doesn't mean that could be exclusive of the facilities, but I do see a difference in the Power Five schools of our attendance and our facilities, but I don't see a difference in our quality of play, meaning that I think that's very strong and becoming stronger. Bronco Mendenhall is joining us on the David Glenn Show. The UVA head coach has been here a little while. He's entering year four with the Cavaliers. Would you list or describe to your players goals differently right now? From the outside, it looks like you guys could play for the ACC title in Charlotte. From the outside, it didn't feel that way in your first year yeah. when you went 2-10. and ten. What do you, How do you handle that as a coach? Were you telling the guys in the 2-10 and ten year we can win every game? I mean, or, or do you adjust these things because, you know, they can see some of the things that you see in terms of the reality. Hey, credibility is built with truth. Um, it does no good to, to share and and present false dreams and false realities for our players. Year one, all we were trying to do is is literally build a culture of excellence before we even considered playing football. Year one had very little to do with even playing the game as was reflected in our record. We were working on class attendance. We were working on posture and meetings. We were working on what practice really looked like. We were looking at what does uh, injury prevention and treatment really, I mean, there were so many, so many few things that I was just in simple discovery mode. And it took an entire year to find out not only about our program, our institution, but our league. And that's not an indictment about anything other than that's how long it took me. Year two was really what I hoped year one would look like, where we could get back to postseason. But then we got annihilated by Navy, which was absolutely necessary to uncover the next part of the program that had to be built. But we did know in year two we had to make it back to postseason, so that was the goal. Yeah. Year three was to get to postseason and win, um, which so we did. And yeah. we were two, two overtime losses away from winning 10. But let's face it, we weren't qualified, nor did we play well enough to win 10. And quite frankly, it would have been a disservice if we did because we weren't ready to. Yeah. 
year three now starts to look a little different, meaning what I call unbroken growth. This team has to do things that each of the previous three haven't done, meaning that their job, if we win eight, they, as part of those eight, they have to beat teams we haven't beaten yet. That's claiming new ground, right? That's growing yep. in a new manner. Yep. Uh, it's not it's not um, out of the realm of thought that we could have played for the ACC championship a year ago. Again, a couple overtime yep. losses. So the reality is, is we certainly could do that this year. We have to play better in the critical games, at the critical times, at the critical moments. But we have to do things that haven't been done yet in the first three years. And that's simply all I'm framing to our team. We have to claim new ground. You're kind of freaking me out here, Coach, because even though you went 2-10 and ten in year one, in a sense... You, you accomplished a lot of the goals that you described, totally. right? So then year two, it was let's get to the postseason. Yep. You accomplished it. Year three, let's get there and win. You yep. accomplished it. Yep. Um, how do you describe the challenge of those next steps that you yep. just described? Because I, I've, I'm not a football coach, but I can look at this league and know that nobody has a better chance than you. Others have a yeah. similar chance to get to Charlotte, but you're right there. So, so I, I think it's a fair assessment. Our team knows it and I know it, meaning that we have a returning quarterback, we have a strong defense with up to eight starters coming back, and we have confidence. And so if you look at the coastal side and say who has a better chance, it would be hard to say anyone has a better chance. Yeah. And so once we acknowledge that, okay, then what do we do about it? And that comes down to how you prepare and how you play. The expectation is that we do play well, we do win, and that now is what is expected. It's not a surprise. So the way that the brand, the UVA football brand, continues to be built is with time and consistency. So all of a sudden, if we go 8-5 and five again and we win a bowl game, at some point people will say, oh, no wonder, it's UVA football, rather than, what, UV yeah. UVA again? Yeah. And so we're in that transitional point. There's plenty of people right now that are like, holy cow, they beat South Carolina. What? Okay, now what's going to happen this year? Yeah. They're they're not right. quite certain, but our team is. And so we have to play our way into credibility. And, yeah, if a, ch if a coastal championship happens in addition to what uh, has already happened, that is new growth, um, and that's part of what I expect. Um, if, for instance, it's not a coastal championship, but we beat Virginia Tech or we beat Pitt or we do something that we haven't done, that's still growth. But what's not okay with me is that we go backwards or we, we uh, lose ground. And so this team has to claim new ground, which the more wins you have each year, the harder that gets. I'm starting to wonder if I should just be wearing UVA colors because you all know one of my favorite college basketball coaches is Tony Bennett. Mine too. Uh, one of my favorite college football coaches has become, I mean, I'm, I'm almost, if I were not so old, I would ask <laughs> to be adopted into the Mendenhall household. <laughs> I feel like I learned from coaches, an older dude. And one of my favorite former ACC athletes happens to be former UVA football player, Chris Long. Oh, yeah. Now, so I, I just, uh, an open-ended question. Of course, you were not the head coach at the time he was yeah. wearing the Cavaliers uniform. To what degree have you been able to connect? Yeah. And, I mean, I, as I imagine a Bronco Mendenhall, I would love UVA football to look like this snapshot. Yeah. It's almost a picture of Chris Long it, on and off it, the field. It, it, is, it is exactly Chris Long. And Marcus Hagens um, was best friends with Chris Long's. In fact, uh, Marcus Lake. Marcus Hagens, who's our receivers coach, has named his oldest son Christopher after Chris Long because they were such close friends, which wow. allowed Chris to have, the minute we arrived, Chris was around our program and who he is, what he represents, how he played, if you're saying, what would I like our program to look like? Yeah. That, that is it. And so um, 
I believe when you meet uh, Bryce Perkins, when you meet Bryce Hall, when you meet Joe Reed, you'll start to see similarities of, wait, they're, they're like Chris Long. Um, I would like us to be exemplary on and off the field. Uh, one without the other is not enough for me um, to coach, period. And so if we win but don't do it in a manner that is uh, reflective of the right goals, morals, and values, then yeah, that's just football, and that's just the game. But to me, it takes more than that, and Chris Long represents more than that. I'm concerned. My favorite founding father is Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> like, these these things are starting to get carried there might, away. You might be accused of bias at some it, point it if would, it keeps it, going right, this way. I guess after 32 years of objectivity, <laughs> I can go in whatever direction <laughs> I want to go. Uh, it would probably upset Mrs. Mendenhall and your three boys to have a fourth son who's around 50 years old, right? Well, like, the adoption thing is not going to work. There might have to be a separate building. <laughs> uh, you might be on the property, but it's probably not in. in it's, just, it's probably like in a, a, I don't know. Is there indoor plumbing in that <laughs> little little house well, yeah, out there, by there, the back? We, we could make sure that happens. <laughs> Bronco Mendenhall, as <laughs> always, thanks for uh, letting us chase you in so many weird directions. I appreciate the visit. My pleasure. Thanks.